Welcome to the Positively Midlife Podcast. We are college friends now in our 50s exploring midlife together. Join us on this journey filled with honest discussion on the topics and challenges that are important to women at midlife. Hey, Tish, you know I was just in New York last week, right? Yeah, you saw some of the Trinity girls, right? I did. It was a small group, part of the tribe, and we had lunch um, one afternoon at Pastis in the Meatpacking District, and it was a great lunch. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so sex in the city get together. (laughs) I love it. I mean, are we aging ourselves or what? But it (laughs) felt very sex in the city. We were at a big round table, and we... Um, we're just chatting and somehow I threw out this topic you and I had been talking about doing a podcast on what kind of advice would you give your younger self? And let me tell you, it was informative and surprising. Wow. You know, I really wish I had been at that table too. I, you know, what an amazing topic to drive some really deep conversations between you all. And the idea of that introspective look into ourselves, I'm sure it prompted some really provoking conversation. <laughs> and I'm curious. I mean, you've known these women for a long time. Yep. Nothing could have surprised you, did it? Well, it did. Boom. Ooh, wow. Now it's a cliffhanger. I need to know. <laughs> It's so true. Well, you know, we have some mileage behind us, right? To give our younger selves some wisdom. And the the ladies around that table did that. And the wisdom is beneficial for us at midlife too. But, you know, we got to get to our obsessions before we dive into this. So it's one of my favorite parts of our show. What do you got for me, Tish? I have got the cutest little obsession this week. And it's perfect for just a little fun thing to get for yourself or... A gift, even. Ooh. So it's this little lamb's wool, lamb's wool baseball hat. Okay, and if you've ever seen the crossbody Lululemon that's in the the fuzzy um, wool pattern, yeah. Oh my gosh, it would match perfectly with that. And I found one on Amazon, and it is inexpensive and just as cute as can be. And I know I sent it to you. What did you think of it? It it I want it. I'm ordering it. And I love the pink color, but it comes in a few colors too, right? It does. It does. There's a color for everybody, but it doesn't matter. Like you and I have different styles, mm-hmm. but it's it's one of those things like anybody could wear. And if you're just having one of those days that you don't want to mess with your hair, yep. what a cute little thing. And it really could go for a lot of ages too, but I'm telling you, check it out. You know, well, what about you, that? Alan? What is your obsession this week? (laughs) Well, I think I've talked about how I'm obsessed with this olive and June nail polish before, but this week, you know, I am in love with a color and it is called Bunny Slope and it is kind of like a creamy white for the winter. And one of the reasons I love olive and June, well, two, one is it doesn't have a lot of chemicals in it, which is really important to me. And the other is they have this thing called the poppy that you put over the lid and it it enables you to really control the brush and get really like a salon manicure at home. And so I'm obsessed with the bunny slope this week. 
Oh my gosh, I absolutely have to try that. I'm always, I always want to do the white nail, but it just never looks right when I do it at home. So again, if I had a brand like this that's going mm-hmm. to apply correctly, and I love that, you know, the low chemicals. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great even if you want to do a manicure on a young child, you sit and think, oh, do I want to put these chemicals on her? So what a good choice for that, you know, maybe uh uh with your granddaughter or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a niece or something. Oh, what a neat product. I like that. But I need to go back to this New York conversation because you have <laughs> me on the cliff waiting to hear. So tell oh. me. what Enough were the of our obsessions. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, we're sitting around the table and I really thought it was it's fun to see what people would say. And it was so surprising. But this reminded me, Tish, of this song that was a speech that a lot of women our age will know because it's from the 90s. And it was called Wear Sunscreen by Baz Luhrmann. And the lyrics were from a famous essay written by someone named Mary Schmitz from the Chicago Tribune. And it is just an amazing set of advice for life. And I thoroughly recommend, if people don't know it, that they go take a listen to that. Do you oh, remember yes. it? I, I do remember it. And and it starts off with sunscreen. If I could <laughs> offer you one tip for the future, it would be to wear sunscreen. <laughs> so, yes, I do remember it. And it also like reminds us to enjoy the power and beauty of our youth yep. and to dance, even if we have nowhere to go dance, dance anyway, dance in your living room. Um, it is, has so many fun things that just make you smile. I love that little speech song. <laughs> I, know. I haven't thought about it for years, literally years. And honestly, I wish I had paid attention to the sunscreen part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember too, that part where it tells us to travel, right? Mm-hmm. And it says, to live in New York City once and leave before it makes you hard and to live in Northern California, but to leave before it makes you soft. (laughs) So that's, you know, a lot of what it's telling you is about self-care and Mm -hmm. living intentionally, which is, you know, deep in our hearts. Well, especially at midlife, I think that means so much more. So exactly, Tish, I'm 100% with you. And I did kick off the conversation in New York. And surprisingly, out of the group, I was the only one that didn't live in New York City at some point. But everyone knows I do live in Northern California. I came here and I stayed. And maybe I'm soft. Maybe I'm the softy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ellen, remember, we talked about that once we were both empty nesters, Mm -hmm. that we might move to Brooklyn and work remotely for like six months. Mm -hmm. So maybe that living in New York City thing (laughs) may still happen for both of us. That's right. Yeah. So Ellen, I need to know, what would Ellen, what would midlife Ellen tell her younger self? Well, I had a lot of advice for myself, Tish, but I started with a really easy one. No cigarettes, not even social smoking. I lived in Madrid for a year and picked up smoking like everyone back then in (laughs) Spain. And I, you know, just every cigarette was stupid. I would really say "Mm, no smoking. Don't even do it. 
And like I said before, and the song says, wear sunscreen. I mean, I would be even more firm and say no rubbing baby oil on myself or sitting on maybe a reflective blanket out by alumni hall for hours during our senior year. Uh, uh, How about those homemade album covers that we lined (laughs) with foil to give us an extra boost of sun if we weren't already burning ourselves to crisp? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know. Wearing a hat. I mean, I can remember how many times growing up because I am fair, fair skinned. Mm-hmm. I would blist. I I would sun. I'd be in the sun and burn so bad that I would blister yes. everywhere. I can't even imagine. Mm. No, I blistered too, Tish. And somehow at one point I thought that all my freckles would go together and turn into a tan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought if. If I stood next to somebody who was really tan, that I'd be tan. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Very silly. But you know what? The really big thing for me would be, I would tell my younger self, don't be afraid. I was afraid of a lot of things. And one was to be alone and to really learn and enjoy how to be with yourself, not by yourself, but with yourself, right? Enjoying my own company and being content with myself, I think it really gives you that opportunity to know yourself better and to understand alone doesn't equal loneliness. Well, you know, I got to say that you talking about being afraid surprises me because you (laughs) always appeared fearless to do anything. This is the girl that went over to Maryland University, kicked in a frat door and said, you're coming to a dance with me. That doesn't sound like fearful. I don't know, but uh, but it it really kind of speaks. And this is, I guess, what was so exciting about this conversation, this yes. topic is it lets us to be vulnerable, to talk about what these things that we really were challenged with. Yeah, and um, that m- maybe... I thought everyone knew this about me, right? That Mm -hmm. I had quite a bit of fear. Um, So uh, I think we really were vulnerable at this table in this conversation that we were having. Oh, wow. Well, I think my favorite part of that was that the older you get, the more you need the people who knew you when you were young. Yeah. That part of that song, that that, you know, essay, mm-hmm. that's one that real has really always spoken to me, that part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's those friends, those old friends, the one, you know, the ones we made stories with and we made big <laughs> mistakes big mistakes. And they big. loved us anyway. <laughs> and they forgave us and we became closer, right? Yeah, those are the friends we have all that history with. And and all it takes is to say one word <laughs> to conjure up this huge flood of memories, right? Yeah. And and those are the people that are going to keep you grounded. Cause I know if I went back to some of my childhood friends back in South Buffalo, all I'd have to say is time in dances or Mickey Rats. <laughs> And just years of memory come spilling out. You, you know, with it. the Trinity girls, all I'd have to say is, you know, go into the, the Navy football game and, and <laughs> uh, you know, those kind of things. And it just, that one word, it's just, it just magically transports you back into those mm-hmm. times. And I think 
I think those relationships, those friendships need to be nurtured because they are so valuable and we should never take them for granted. Yeah. And we can still deepen them and enrich them at midlife. I think that's important. So I'm kind of curious, midlife Tish, what would you tell your younger self? You know, Alan, I've really tried to live my life with not looking back and having regrets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that our trials and mistakes of yesterday are who make us who we are today. If we didn't go through those, we wouldn't be the mm-hmm. same person. But if I had to go back and and talk to my younger self, I would say self-care. Mm-hmm. And this would be my main piece of advice to my younger self. And to take better care of my health, I think I spent too many years Mm -hmm. putting myself last. And I know a lot of women do. They put everybody in their lives first. And it left no time for me, no energy for me to Mm -hmm. take care of me. And that left me physically, emotionally, financially, and mentally broken at times. Wow. It's so... Um, interesting for me to hear you say that because during those years, you were the mom throwing the incredible parties. You were the wife moving a family of five across the country and getting your house together in two seconds. You know, to me, you were superwoman, right? And so kind of the same idea of how, how you really didn't realize I had a lot of fear, but you had three children in five years? Did you have three in five? Or... Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what happened, Tish, right? And <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of friends. And I think as women, so many times we do put everyone else first. But, you know, we do have friends that didn't do that, you we know, and, and I look at them and um, and coming to mind to me are Kristen and Linda. They mm-hmm. always took their health as a priority in their lives. Yes. And I think it allowed them to have richer lives during it because they didn't have these broken down times, you know? So if I had to go back to young Tish, I'd say, sometimes you need to be selfish and take Mm -hmm. care of yourself. So you are more available for everyone else. Yeah. You know, I'm going to add Danielle to that list of people, yes. right, who always put like health and fitness first and and made it a priority. And I think maybe when I was younger, I thought of those women as more selfish, but now I think of them as more mm. self-possessed and stronger, right? Yes. You know, it's not a negative. It's a positive. They carved out that time. Um, so I think that was great. Okay, Alan, this conversation you started in New York um, with the friends, it, it's just, it is so inspiring to me. And, you know, we've, it just, it's made me go back and start asking this question of so many people around me. Yeah, yeah. And I can't tell you how excited people around me get when I ask this question. Um, and it just, things that they're telling are so revealing and so surprising. Um, what was something that you heard in New York at the table that surprised you? 
Well, um, I think, you know, as I said, everyone was so vulnerable and so open and wanted to talk about this. And even since then, like you, I've spoken to almost every one of my friends and thrown this question out and everyone wanted to answer it. But one of our friends told um, us that she would stop comparing herself to others and that she did this a lot. She always felt less than she's not that classic blonde beauty. She's more of a unique beauty and that she would really tell her younger self, you know, just don't be focused on everyone else. Embrace this uniqueness. Embrace who she was. And and I thought that was really powerful. I see this woman as being so strong and self-confident, and I had no idea. Wow. That's really kind of shattering, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think that's what I love about this so much is it does open this deeper conversation with our friends to really get to know what their struggles mm-hmm. are and and to make that a safe place to talk about it. Yeah. Um what really kind of hit me too and and I had um I even asked my kids this question, you know. I love yes, that. You asked yes, they're all not your old. kids. Well, wow. you okay. know. So my son Sean said he wished he had read more. So reading was always a little bit of a struggle for him mm-hmm. in school. Um, you know, he had some learning um, processing issues with reading. So it was always a struggle. So he's become this huge, voracious book on tape listener. Wow. And he listens to so many different type of things and just, he's like a sponge right now getting mm-hmm. it all in. I wish I had thought to offer up, you know, cause he did struggle with reading books. Mm-hmm. Did I did offer up, you know, these books on tape to him earlier. I never really thought about it. Um, but I thought it was so curious that that is something he is currently working on mm-hmm. that he wish he had told his younger self. And I noticed that pattern. Um, I talked to Danielle today and it was the same thing. The same things that she would tell her younger self were things she's working on right now for herself. So um, which t- which led me to believe that people were being raw and honest you know, because you knew they were working on it today. You know, I think that's amazing. I just want to add here that, you know, one person at the table said she would really tell her, her younger self to be less judgy and more kind to people and less judgy of herself. You know, when you're, she judged herself harshly and I never would have thought that of this person either, but something that with a little bit of mileage behind you, you realize that you really carried some of these things as, as your younger self. Yeah. I, I, I love that everybody felt so open to be able to share those things. And I'm sure other people related to a lot of what people were sharing. Oh, it was a building. It wasn't a, but this, it was, and I felt this too. Mm. And this led to that, you know, so it was, it was a really inclusive conversation. I think in the show notes, we'll put, you know, a bunch of the things that people told us, because I think it's fascinating to see what people put, but you know, back in Paris, you know, during the early 1900s when Hemingway and all the writers between wars, they were over there, they would have something called a salon where, you know, people would have a gathering and there would be a reading or someone speaking. 
and they would amuse one another. And it was all about learning and art and, and knowledge, right? That the kind of the salons of Paris. Oh, I love that idea. You know, many times they would pose this question for discussion. You know, they didn't have movies and TV and things yeah. to distract them. They had to entertain each other. So a group would discuss a topic. They would pick a topic for the evening and they would get deep into conversation with each mm-hmm. other on this topic. So basically, Alan, your <laughs> New York City dinner, your kind of sex in the city luncheon that was going on there became a modern day salon. I love it. You know, I think it did. And of course we were at Pastis. It really felt like we were in a French bistro. I mean, that place, you just feel like you're in France or somewhere in Europe, but it was so much more interesting than us just catching up. Right. We, so I just want to challenge our, our listeners to kind of host this um, type of lunch or dinner or coffee or drinks party, you know, kind of a salon and pose a topic next girl's night out. It could be this topic or it could be something else. What a great way to really get to know people that you're spending time with in such mm-hmm. a deep level. Um, I, you know, I know the next get together I'm going to, I'm going to be posing this question to people because I think it's so fantastic to really get that conversation going. Yeah. So, I mean, I think our takeaway from today is, you know, you can hold your own modern salon, throw it out there, get some questions together, choose a topic and really get to know your friends on a much deeper level. And I think the second thing, it's never too late to follow our own wisdom and advice that we would give our sweet little younger selves, right, Tish? Yes. Carpe diem, seize this day right now. And you know what? There is no time like the present. And that's the whole gist of our podcast Mm -hmm. is this is the time. This is your time to be selfish, reinvent yourself. Get in yes. touch with that younger, that younger girl, nurture her mm-hmm. and, and kind of take it from there. I love it. I agree. Take that time to honor your younger self, your, your inner child, so to speak. And the most important thing, it's the most important thing you can do. Be kind and gentle to her or him or them um, and talk to your friends about this. Be vulnerable. Be open in conversations with your children, with your parents, if you still have them. You know, it's a topic that opens up so much conversation and deepens the relationships that are the most important to us. Yes. And please share, you know, on our social pages what you would tell your younger self. Yep. We are dying to hear what that piece of advice would be. You don't know how it could help or trigger that piece for someone else. So we would love to hear from you. And remember, the Positively Midlife podcast will drop every Wednesday. Become part of our tribe and follow and like this podcast wherever you listen and share the feature of the podcast. Share it with some friends that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to share these podcasts. There's some little dots on the side and allow mm-hmm. you to share. So spread the word that midlife has endless possibilities. So until next week, midlifers. That's right. Share, share, share until next week.
The Positively Midlife podcast will drop every Wednesday. Become part of our tribe of women excited to thrive in midlife. Like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen and invite your friends along. Until next time, have a great week.